Hi, everybody. It's Michael Angelo Caruso. I'm here with Lisa Menini today. How are you, Lisa? Great. How are you, Michael? Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It's such a pleasure to visit with you again. I've known you forever. Before we get started, I want to remind our viewers we've got a YouTube channel, and by we, I mean me. <laughs> it's uh, Michael Angelo Caruso on YouTube. If you like these types of videos, please uh, subscribe and, of course, comment. We're, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, also visit the Present Like a Pro group on Facebook if you'd like help with your presentations. Lisa is also a fantastic presenter, and that's, I think, where I first met you. We were both kind of on the local Michigan circuit about 140 years ago. <laughs> and you've carved out a nice little niche for yourself mm -hmm. in... Um, I suppose it's the coaching business more than the speaking business, although you still do a bit of speaking. How do you, how do you describe your, your lifestyle business now? Yeah, that great question. Uh, Cause I've distinguished over the, the years that I uh, actually own two businesses, but I'm a business owner who speaks versus a speaker who has a business. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And, and so I think, go ahead. There's a nice dovetail though there between the two. I'm always surprised that more, uh, business owners don't do more speaking because you can easily become a, um, uh, I don't know if lightning rod's the right term, but something that attracts attention to your business, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but it's important, I think, too, to also have that distinction. Um, I, it, it clarified a lot of things for me in the marketing strategy once I did that. Yeah, and that's important because uh, one of the things, you know, if you work at um, a major company, like if you work at Maytag, to the extent people would be interested in learning more about it, they kind of know you're involved in the appliance manufacturing right. business. But these days, there's so many small, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, I'm a mom and pop as well. When we tell people we own our own business, it can be a challenge sometimes to explain to them what we do, especially if we do a bunch of things, and I know you do. Uh, do you, have you done that six word or 10 word exercise where you kind of synthesize what you do down to X number of words? Uh, so I haven't done that, uh, though, um, you know, I feel compelled sometimes to share that I own two businesses because they are two separate businesses. One is more of business mentoring. Uh, I'm a business mentoring. Otherwise, I kind of get lumped into, oh, you know, you're another coach, even though I'm a master certified business coach. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, everybody's coach. Uh, same, thing, same thing with motivational speakers. We don't need another one. Right. <laughs> right. So, so to find a, an edge off of that, that, that somehow resonates with people and separates you from the rest of the pack is a good idea. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And so, uh, and, and I also have licensees. So, it's helpful to let people know that I'm not the only one in the company that's actually doing the mentoring. Uh, and we do coaching too. We do executive coaching as well. So um, th there are certain distinctions that we make for the business that help to distinguish us in the marketplace as well. Fantastic. I'm thinking of the Brat Pack back in the day when we were both young, younger. <laughs> you remember uh, the Brat Pack? Um, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, all these people. The movie was The Bref Breakfast Club. Yes. In it. And then at the time, they were uh, lumping Tom Cruise into the group. 
Oh, really? But looking back, man, Tom Cruise goes, no, nah, I'm not traveling with the pack. I'm going to isolate myself and distinguish myself, differentiate myself. And yeah. as we were chatting before we pressed record today, I think you've done that to a great extent with your business here locally, and congratulations. Thank you. Let's talk about um, uh, this platform that you developed. It started with this idea of systemizing profit. Can you, can you talk to me a little bit about, and I realize that's not exactly how you market yourself today, but that's how you got started. That was a foundation for understanding where you were going to be in five years. Yep. Take us back in time, five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it was, and set, this, set the stage here for what happens next. And we'll, we'll do the big reveal on that in a minute. Talk about profitability systems, why people are missing them, how you saw this as, a, as, a, as an entryway for you and your business. Yeah, so um, just to share a little bit about the, my story and kind of how I got started. Um, really, I was um, you know, driving down the freeway, heading to a, an appointment, thinking is starting a business and writing a book the right decision. And all of a sudden, something popped up from the freeway, headed straight at me. And I closed my eyes, put my hands over my face, heard this big whooshing sound and dinging going around in my front seat. And I opened my eyes to find a shattered windshield, a softball size hole in the windshield and a four foot, five pound semi-trucks tire iron in the front seat of my car. Oh. I got off to the side of the road, um, landed in a parking lot, called the police. And while I was waiting for them to arrive, I got out of the car, shook off all the shards of glass, though not a scratch on me and then realized how lucky I was. There was a six inch gash in the steel hood of the car that the tire iron peeled open. It actually changed the trajectory of the tire iron missing me by four inches. And each police officer came on scene that day. They looked at me, they looked at the original trajectory of that tire iron, and they said, you know, ma'am, you're on this earth for a reason. Now moments earlier had been asking, gee, is starting a business and writing a book the right decision? And I think I got my answer three different times that day. And <laughs> to answer your question about the systems approach, um, after that event, um, I, I ended up writing the book. It became a bestseller. And uh, I also started um, all the things that were working for me. And I had a, a business mentor ask me, he said, what are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. So I actually drew a picture of what it was I was doing. And he said, can you teach this? And I said, yes. And that was where my signature program was born. And that's what we teach at the Wake Up Profitable Bootcamp for Business Owners. And it really focuses on three major areas, mastering your inner entrepreneur, systematizing and monetizing the business, and executing what's called the business blueprint, uh, which we now have an app for because there's an app for everything. So, <laughs> so we built an app. Um, the licensing piece of your business? Pardon me? This is what the licensing that you mentioned earlier. It is. So this is the, this is the work that uh, my licensees also teach. And we teach during our, we have different mentoring programs um, that we teach and, and work with business owners. Lovely. That's teach fantastic. Not only in the boot camp, but in our mentoring programs. So it started with this uh, systemization uh, 
profit is a good way to start with business people because it's the number one reason anybody's in business is to make a profit. I always yeah. say that even nonprofits have to generate revenue. And then it morphed into this thing uh, that you call human hardwiring or human wiring. Can you talk a bit about this? this sure, is yeah. So actually human wiring is part of the mastering the inner entrepreneur because there's three elements of mastering your inner entrepreneur, which is the first step. Yep. And um, it's human hardwiring belief systems and what we call the preferred client profile. The preferred client profile? Yes. And so what we say is um, this is all part of, excuse me, <coughs> mastering your inner entrepreneur. So when you're mastering, when, when we're focusing on these three areas, people become very laser focused. So when we're talking about human hardwiring first, human hardwiring is biological of your natural wiring or there's something you're born with it's noticeable about two years old and it stays with you your entire lifetime and it's distinct from your behaviors the reality is you don't behave the same way that you did it when you were 18 <laughs> let's hope not um, and why because of all those things that influenced you like your parents education life experiences, right? All of those things impacted how you behave. But your biological wiring, which can be measured, um, and we use an assessment for that, um, and it can be measured and it tells us how you like to create your ideas, uh, how you process thought, the environment in which you best uh, thrive, and the amount of information or structure that you need for effective decision-making. So when you look at all four in the combination of your specific hardwiring, it tells us many things like how you best learn, where you derive your self-confidence, how you best create ideas. Um, and then from there, you build a business model and a team around how you naturally execute so that you're building a whole business around something that comes very naturally for you versus trying to force a business model that may have worked for someone else, but doesn't work for you because it's not a full expression of how you naturally execute. So yeah. when you get really in tune with their natural biological wiring, and you can also spot it in other people, the great thing is things become much more easy to communicate, to execute, and you become stronger as a leader in the process. I love it. You know, uh, this kind of clarity is rare. Most people don't have it. They, they, mm. they have a general sense of what motivates them, but they don't understand it on a deep level. Which assessments right. can help you do. This kind of study, a coach like you can help them do. I mean, it saves, mm -hmm. it saves tons of time. It saves huge resources. In the end, it, it saves you a lot of money, I think. Oh, and, and, uh, and there's, there's nothing like being very clear, not only in how you're wired, but then clarity around the business and the contribution that that business is in the world. Yeah. And so you're working in a context of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Because when you can work 
in alignment with that, when you can work in alignment with that vision and all like the contribution in the world, the vision, the mission, the purpose, and the values, that's when you get real momentum going. And well, then, because then you can understand where where you are in the big picture, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes on, you know, we talk about uh, the new generation that's coming in the workforce and uh, what's important to them. And generationally, you know, there are some differences there. And the one thing that they want to do is be part of something bigger than themselves. They really want to see that, oh, I'm part of something bigger. So when as a business owner, you're clear about what that bigger contribution is, mm -hmm. they step into it with you. And wow, the, the, the contribution that you are in the world shifts and changes. Great example, um, a client of mine um, got really clear. They, um, Sharon McGrill from the Betty Brigade, you may know her. And uh, they, the entire team looked at uh, their contribution in the world. And what they realized is they're just not a relocation and organization service company. They create peace and ease around relocation, peace yeah. and ease. So when they had to upservice their clients and increase revenues, um, that's where we looked at the context of that and said, how could you give more peace and ease to your clients? And just that subtle shift and some of the sales processes that we put in place created a whole new way that they were operating and interacting with their clients and servicing them at a higher level to the point that they increased their sales 90% in 30 days and revenue 76% in 12 months. So it's, it's not a woo-woo thing when you're talking about human hardwiring and aligning that contribution in the world. That's solid things that changes the whole way that people operate in a business. And so that's what I mean by a systems approach. We're looking at everything and how all those things are interconnected. It's a great success story. You know, back to this subject of clarity for, for a minute. Uh, I've always been a salesperson, a commission salesperson at that my entire adult life. Maybe you consider yourself the same way because, I mean, we, we got to get up and make it happen in the morning. If you own that's right. that's how it works. Um, and for a short time, I was a commission salesperson in the telecommunications business. And we had this small team of people making 50 outbound calls a day, five zero to people wow. we would never meet, trying to get them to cut a PO purchase order for phone equipment. And so they would have these contests to motivate those of us on the sales team. And uh, there was always a big prize, you know, like, uh, flat screen TV or something like this. And uh, one day my boss pulled me aside and she said, you know, uh, are, you not, are you not interested in a flat screen TV? I said, I have one. <laughs> she said, well, what, what can we offer in the next, for a prize for the next one? Because she wanted to motivate me. What right, can we right. offer for a prize in the next one that you might actually plug in for the contest, Michael? And I said, well, honestly, Beth, I'm not money motivated. I had clarity about myself even back then. Right. And when I started to understand that I wasn't money motivated and that what really got me going was helping people, that was a big shift for me. You know, I think a lot of younger people come up that they go to college or not, grad school or not, they think I've got to make a lot of money in my life. But money is not the panacea that a lot of people think it is. And that little shift 
maybe a big shift in clarity for me moving from I'm not motivated by, my, motivated by money, I'm motivated by helping people. Not only help me understand myself better, it helps people I work with understand me better. That's right. And that's the flywheel I think that you're brilliant at. It, you get that flywheel to spin for your clients and then within their companies and then like you said, even within their place in the world, it's genius. And you said something really important here, Michael, that when companies try to create incentive programs or bonus programs, right? They're making an assumption that everyone is motivated by the same thing. That's right. And everybody's not motivated by the same thing. And oftentimes it is rooted in somebody's human wiring. Yeah. So people like to be acknowledged. Some people do like that end result. They look do like that TV and that's fine. Um, though that's not how, you know, to motivate everyone. No, and I've said for a long time that when you have a contest, one or two people get to win and everybody else loses. Have a nice day. <laughs> What's that about? That's so right. Why not look at why not tilt the glass a little bit and look through the window pane a little bit differently, get a different perspective and then create a company or a vision that's just more beneficial for everybody. You mentioned millennials a minute ago and um, talked about how, I wanted to talk about how people learn differently. Maybe you don't agree. Uh, some people, some people think that millennials are learning differently and coming into a workforce, uh, kicking and screaming because they don't appreciate what the boomers are doing. Do you think that that's true, that, that young people, when I say young, uh, say um, the, the millennial generation, learns differently than the generations before them? Well, they certainly grew up um, a lot differently. So they know the shortcuts to things. Um, they're more, they're obviously grew up with technology versus some of the older generations who, you know, may have been exposed to it, but kind of learn it, sort of. But they, they become super users, right? So they have a, a maybe a quicker learning when it comes to technology. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of gives them, um, especially if the type of learning that's being done is or deals with technology. I actually think what, what, when you take a look at human biological wiring, it doesn't matter what generation you're in. Um, because I know that certain individuals uh, who are hardwired to learn by trial and error, I'm going to make sure that the training has them actively involved, involved in a way that they can put their thumbprint on things, they can try things, maybe fail at it, be okay with that, but interact with them. There are some people that generally learn well and take in a lot of information, very different learning styles. And so I think in today's age, it's important for instructors to not only understand the generations, but understand human hardwiring and make sure that whatever training they're doing hits on somebody's you know, do I learn by trial and error? Do I learn by repetition? Do I learn verbally by participating? Or do I learn by having structure in an information? And so if you have a little bit of this in every single presentation, 
you'll more than likely hit on everybody in the room and everybody can get something from it. Yeah, because human stuff is like an overlay over all of the other issues, gender, mm -hmm. nationality, cultural differences, uh, generational differences. Mm -hmm. So yep. I like it. If, uh, if you understand human wiring, you don't have to worry about millennial wiring. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I was reading recently in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers, that he, was, he, he, he goes after some difficult issues in the book. And one of them is uh, this issue with uh, police officers and uh, African-Americans and, you know, this, this drama. And, and it's a legitimate thing. Um, and Gladwell makes a very interesting case because in the premise of the book, Talking to Strangers, he says, this, this problem with uh, black motorists and white cops isn't a race problem, it's a communication problem. And he says, by calling it a race issue, he says, it makes the problem smaller than it really is. And that blew the top of my head off. I think you're doing the same thing. You know, for us to say that it's a millennial issue and an okay boomer and get off my lawn and all these hashtags that you're seeing, I think it makes the problem smaller than it really, really is. It's not a generational problem. It's a communication issue. Yeah. Well, and when you look at, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of millennials or, you know, many of them look at their phones or texting and that's how they are communicating. Yeah. Um, and so for older generations, though, they grew up with communicating face to face. Mm. Right. And so, or they even want to pick up the phone, mm. right? Pick up the phone. <laughs> so I do that with my niece. I'm like, pick up the phone, answer my call <laughs> rather than. And so, um, and she's, she even said, you know, she's open to coaching. She's like, I'm trying to make more phone calls and talk to people. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so another cool I think they get a bad rap. I think millennials get a bad rap. We gotta quit, we gotta quit pick, picking on them. Yeah, 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 I think so too. You've got another cool aspect to your business since last time we talked. You've got now a physical uh, building, an office complex. Tell us about how that's working within the context of your business structure and why people are liking it so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, real excited, uh, about 24 months ago or so, um, Next, my lease was up on my old uh, building and I thought, well, do I want to um, pay someone else or do I want to pay myself <laughs> rent? So I went out on that one. Um, and I was uh, sitting in a parking lot for a building that I saw and saw before uh, on listings and uh, my commercial realtor said to me, um, Lisa, do you, uh, have you ever gone in? I said, no, actually, I haven't. Just peeked in the window. She goes, well, let's go in. And I'm waiting for her in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, I just said, this is my building. I mean, it was just that clear. And I went in, and as I looked at the green paint on the, the mint green paint on the cinder block walls and this really dirty, ugly tiling, this building had been vacant for seven and a half years, oh. came along. Um, but I walked into the space and I said, this is the conference, about an 8,100 square foot facility. This is the conference room. This will be the suite 
uh, headquarters for, for my company, uh, Accelerate Associates, this will be our co-working space. Um, and then I was using other three spaces as potential co-working and tenant space as well. Um, so I kind of saw the vision. I enrolled other people. I got to know strategically um, some, you know, the people from the city and which was really helpful in, in getting the economic development director and, uh, you know, the directors of uh, inspection involved and early on and said, this is my vision. And they were so incredibly helpful because this was my first, first commercial property. Nice. And um, I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, Michael. <laughs> I just said, this is a dream I have. This is, this is part of scaling the business. It's part of what I teach. And it's time for me to go to the next level for myself. And so I um, had an opportunity to do that uh, and things showed up. So I stepped out in faith and a gentleman that owned one of the buildings down the block, I got to know him and I said, gee, I, I, I can't get a general contractor to call me back. He said, Lisa, I've met you. I kind of know what you do. You can do this. And I said, what, renovate? He goes, yeah, I'll give you all my trades. They'll walk you through it. You became your own general contractor? I did. <laughs> I don't like recommend 100 it. 100 square feet? Yes. That's not like remodeling a bedroom. No. Good for you. We got half of the building renovated. Wow. And so I just used what I teach my clients. You know, we got a plan together, reverse engineer it. I have to be in by this date. Uh, gave myself a little bit of wriggle, wiggle room because my lease was up on the old building. And uh, we got it done. And it was a handshake with the trades and uh, the main carpenter who was amazing. And he walked me through. I learned that you have to, <laughs> there's a certain order. You know, I didn't know you have to have the floor before you put the toilet on. <laughs> it was just uh, <laughs> things I never wanted to learn. Um, but it was interesting. And now, um, just 24 months later, we're going into our second renovation of the second half of the building. And um, we'll more than likely have a 100% um, completed building. Um, in probably another month or two. So Fantastic. congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So we have co-working, we have a conference space uh, that we're renting out when we're not using it. And uh, we also have office space. So private offices and, uh, and, and shared offices or shared space as well. Remind everyone where the building is located. Let's see. It's the Business Innovation Lab, and it's in Livonia, uh, Michigan, uh, right on Plymouth Road. For those uh, that are familiar with the area, Plymouth Road between um, Newburgh and Eccles. Okay, fantastic. Well, I am just so happy to catch up with you. I'm, I'm so thrilled for your success. I know you're doing great things for, for people. Where can uh, viewers find you online if they want to know more? Yeah, they can go to accelerateassociates.com. Uh, that's E-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-E, associates.com. And there's also information. There's a little button there on the Business Innovation Lab as well. Um, and so we have uh, Accelerator Associates also hosts different networking events. 
uh, as well as um, different workshops. Fabulous. Well, I hope to see you at one of those events soon. I haven't seen you in ages. You're looking great. I love your new haircut. Thank you. Uh, Lisa Menini, everybody, if you are in southeastern Michigan, and now she's doing so much work online, you can help anybody, right, Lisa? Absolutely. And we do. Yeah, we've helped people across the country, and they've come in from as far away as Austria to come to our boot camps, too. Fantastic. Keep up the good work. Thanks for keeping the standard high in the speaking business, and best of luck. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it.